The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. Now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of The Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I've got Dr. Derek Hines. Um, you might have caught an episode of me on his show probably about a year ago. I was on the Pain and Performance podcast. And um, I think I did a pretty good job, didn't I, Derek? I, I still have patients who take uh, Green 85 uh, at least once a day. So, uh, and I'm I'm among it. So, I I think if there's any good result from a show, if people have like that one takeaway that sticks with them, um, I think we did a successful uh, conversation. So, in that in that uh, definition of the word, you absolutely did a did a great <laughs> job on it. What, what <laughs> I do I it. got? In my what do I have in my hand right here? I love it. I hope it's green 85. Yeah, it's a green juice. That's, it's got a scoop of green 85 in it. I got celery juice, cucumber juice. Um, I have some lime I put in here and ginger. I got a new new juicer. I treated myself to a Nama J2 juicer. And it's pretty sweet, man. It's pretty sweet because the like the top, it's got like a bucket of on it. And you can just like I like, used to have to take my because uh, I had nothing wrong. I mean, I love the Omegas. I had an Omega 8006. I mean, originally when I first started, I bought like this $1,100 juicer. Well, it was like 700, 800 bucks. I mean, it was 600. I can't remember. I, I bought so many juicers, but it was a Kempo. I think it was a K3 KN-1304 model or something. And it had the twin gears and it had a magnet in the bottom of the thing to keep the, you know, the energy, the, the life force in there. And when the juice came out, it was it was pretty cool. And you can make the wheatgrass and you kind of had to change the parts and then you make the the green juice with it. And I did that for five and a half years. Then I um I knew it was too complicated for my mom and my mom wanted to get in juicing. So I found that the Omega 8006 was awesome. Only part problem with them was they had a little thing that would crack and you had to buy this little part all the time, but a real good juicer. And then the Omega came out with the NC 900, which is in a more advanced version of that one. That thing's a beast. It was awesome. I was going to get one of those. And then somebody told me about this J2 from Nama. And what's cool about it is like, I don't have to set and slice everything up and feed it and push everything through. I just throw it on the top in this hopper, close lid, turn on, and then I will come back and Every, my juice is done. done. Yeah, I'm all about making this stuff easy. So so for me, um, you know, making my scoop of of green 85 and then hitting it with a little frother and, and spinning that stuff yeah. up. Yeah. I'm like, ah, th look, this is easy. I, I, I uh, make the switch when I get here to the office and, and uh, all my morning patients are like, ah, you got your, got the green juice rocking every day, every day. Yeah. We were just talking about that in our inner circle call last night. Um, and I, I personally, I don't even know how many thousands of juicers I've sold for these juicing companies, but I know I've had like 5,500 people just to my house for living food detoxification classes. We've always made juice for them. And so a lot of people bought juicers because of my story and my friend's story, healing himself of cancer naturally. We, we kind of buddied up and did that together. And um, and then I was over at uh, the CPA that I knew, Chad, at his house, and we were just BSing about stuff. And then I looked around. I'm like, I'm you know, I'm I'm a when I go into the kitchen, man, because I'm a 
I'm a chef and I'm I'm looking at everything. I like looking at people's cupboards and I like look at their spices and reading ingredients. So I open up people's refrigerators. They go, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I ah, just looking looking around, just you know." Checking and, out. You, we got to get you to Louisiana. You might you might see a few things you haven't seen before. Well, what's crazy about it is like when you do this cuz I, I I when you see people that have health issues and then I go into their refrigerators and their pantries, they all have the same environment. They all have the same stuff. So the people that have the issues have the same stuff in the fridge and the pantry. And it's so apparent to me. It's like, it's like, duh. And, um, and so anyway, I, I, I go, Chad, where's your juicer? He's like, Oh, you know, and he's like, I had to look around he, down the bottom. He pulled up in the cupboard, reached back there and pulls it out and says, and I go, it's got dust on it. Dude, you ain't even use it. What the hell are you doing? You came to me. You wanted to lose weight. You want to feel amazing. You asked me what I was doing. Like you saw Charles cause he knew Charles and he lost all this weight and, and he ended up, he's like, oh, I just, I don't want to clean the damn thing. That was it. And he goes, I can't get my wife to do it. So that's why we built Green 85 was because of the chads out there. People yeah, that are super busy and just didn't want to clean it. It's quite interesting because we see a, a very similar thing. I've had the conversation with a lot of uh, people that kind of give me the pushback. Look, down here, we like to eat. We like to drink. Our lifestyle is not conducive to health, at least in South Louisiana. And so a lot of people are like, look, I've, I've looked at that. My grandmother, you know, ate and drank like this for her whole life. And she lived to be 90. She lived to be a hundred. I'm like, yeah, but the life looks different. You know, the, the, what you have looks different throughout your life. And so, um, we've, we've, I think put the cart before the horse with a lot of these kind of conversations around longevity where people are like, oh, well, it only changes, you know, if you walk every day, it changes your, lifespan by two years. And I have patients that are like, that's only two years. Like that's not, that's not long enough for me to go walk every day. I'm like, what they're not telling you is how that two years look is what that life looks like. So um, with some of these things, it's like these little small habits, you know, of drinking juice every day. You're like, you change in a very short period of time. Um, not only like the future of your, of your life, of your health, but you change the day to day throughout that future. And that's where I think we lose focus sometimes is like we look at this in number of how long we're going to live and like we haven't even fixed how to feel good today yet. So that's where like I love some of the stuff that you're doing, because if we take care of this stuff, if we take care of how we feel today, uh, we take care of our health now. The interesting thing is if we focus on it that way, tomorrow takes care of itself. Yeah, the the longevity part of the equation is fixed and we don't have to necessarily worry about that. Whereas if you start focusing on that, but you're not using the juicer today and you're not, um, you know, getting good sleep and exercising and 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 contributing to that stuff, then, um, you know, all your focus on longevity goes out the window. You didn't do anything and you're miserable. You're like, I don't want to live longer. I'm, I don't feel good now. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, um, oh man, I wish I could. See if I could pull this thing up. Let me download this. So that's what, what you're talking about is it's, yeah, it is frustrating. I, I hear this stuff all the time. Well, yeah, well, my grandma, like you said, or my grandpa, or my aunt, she ate this crap all the time. He ate five pieces of bacon for breakfast and five pieces of bacon. You know, it's like the grumpy old men yeah. movie. Yeah. And he lived till he was 94. And it's like, well, yeah, but he was like, he couldn't see. He, he was freaking hobbling around. He was peeing himself. He's wearing Depends. And, you know, and even if he was healthy, Things have changed, okay? In the 1960s, there are these things called chemicals, and they got they started getting everywhere, and our soil's been destroyed. So the nutrients that your grandpa got, you ain't getting. The poison, the amount of poison toxins in the air and the water and the light and the food and the clothing and all that stuff is 
exponentially higher, destroying your health microscopically. And there's more stress today. You know, wages have not went up since the 70s because working class people stopped striking and stopped fighting for more wages. And so we've, you know, kind of been screwed on that deal. Um, let me show you something really quick. I'll, um, this is actually kind of interesting. Will this work? I go like this. Um, I wonder if I can do that. Um, yeah, share screen. And then we'll get into, this is all about Derek. We're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff about movement and he's an expert in fascia and so much more. Okay. You see my screen? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. So this is a, um, a presentation, um, I did last night for our, a bunch of people down. Look at me, dude. There's my belly. <laughs> that funny. Okay. So there's me teaching classes and stuff. Oh, there's all the chemicals. Whoops. Did you see that dude? Like. These umbilical cord studies, I have a, this is an excerpt out of an ebook that I did. Uh, it's called Dying in the Womb, a review of umbilical cord toxicity studies. And look at these. I mean, these tests, you go back to 2005, the body's full of these chemicals, right? But this is the thing. This is the graph right here. This is a life expectancy chart. And so the blue line represents a composite of Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, France, Germany, Japan, Netherlands, Sweden, Switzerland, UK. The green line is the United States. Back in about 1984, which is kind of ironic, our life expectancy started going sideways as the rest of these industrialized nations continued to climb up. And then about 2014, it started going actually down, like down, and then a steep drop in the last couple of years. So our life, what this means now is our children are now dying younger than us. And that's well, and where we're at today. The interesting thing about that is, is we're spending more today on the field of longevity than we ever have and look that this isn't new it's not like we saw that graph that you just did and said in 2010 hey this is not going the way we want let's go and fix it we started spending a lot of money to try and solve the aging problem um you know probably in the late 90s it really started to become a hot topic in the the kind of uh science funding world and yet it, it has actually accelerated in a lot of ways. So what that tells us is we're either looking in the wrong place or we're spending time working on the wrong problem. Um, and I think, you know, look, this kind of goes back to what we look at in terms of health um, and kind of the state of medicine today is like we got addicted to this quick fix, um, you know, medicine 2.0, as you hear it said a lot, where it's like, Let's look for the one problem that's contributing to your, your pain, your disease, your dysfunction or aging. And we're going to find the one pill or chemical or procedure that's going to fix it. And we've spent all this time and money trying to, to attack aging that way. And yet when you go back to the actual science and you try and find the stuff that moves the needle on people's long-term health, it is actually going away from all that stuff. It is doing much more natural things. It is like, a, you, before we started recording, you showed your, your beautiful farm out there. It's getting out into nature. It's getting better sleep. It's moving your body in natural ways, uh, stimulating your mind and, you know, following the circadian rhythm that, you know, we're put on this amazing earth. It has this beautiful circadian rhythm. Our body knows that mm -hmm. and it wants that. So it's all these natural things that really move the needle um, and all the stuff that we try and do to cheat it, we'll never approach that. Uh, you know, you look at the biggest movers in terms of health and you're like, you know, exercise, eating a clean diet, getting great sleep, keeping stress under control. 
you know, like there's no pills for those things. We can't cheat them. You know, the more we do natural, live in the natural environment, the healthier all of those things are. So it's it's a very interesting paradox um, that that has happened at the same time when we're trying harder to fix it. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad we got to share a little bit before we got started talking about you, because it kind of gives the listeners kind of a background um, on you and what your belief systems are in health. So we can tell now that you're a full circle guy. You're looking at the big picture. You're not just you know, like, okay, let's stretch your ankle out and see if we can get it fixed. You're, you know, you're giving them the full picture of their health and holding them accountable and not just saying, well, here, take this pill, get it better. Let me do this stretch. And, you know, I'll see you in, in a week again, because all, it's all connected. The digestive tract and what you consume is connected to the pain in your foot or the pain in your back or in the, the stress you have in a relationship could be connected to the pain in your stomach or whatever. So drderekhines.com uh, is where you can find this guy. Um, Derek has literally over 10 years of experience, uh, and he's dedicated, and he's helped over like 10,000 people, individuals break free from pain and enhance their overall health. So he's a doctor of physical therapy, um, which is pretty cool. First one I've had on that does that. Um, very important. Get that physical body. Having, have somebody that has a doctor of physical therapy that has this holistic full circle approach. And and in his journey, it's led him to study with other renowned healers and doctors worldwide, and he's gained a lot of unique insights to health and healing and pain management. So, and and actually healing yourself so you can cure yourself of of pain in some cases. So, let's talk about who's Derek Hines. Where are you yeah. from? Yeah, thanks for that, man. Um, I it's interesting to hear that. And in fact, I I was this is a very random story. I was brushing my teeth. I brushed my teeth before podcasts. I feel like I can speak better with like a clean mouth. And so um, I do a quick, quick uh, toothbrush. And uh, one of the things I remembered was being in a room with my grandfather. My grandfather was a physician and he was about to give a talk and he's brushing his teeth and he spits in the trash can and he looks at me and he's like, you know, if you, if you really do the right things and you, you help a lot of people one day, you might be able to, to brush your teeth over a trash can as well. Um, and I did have a scene and it was great, but it was this really cool full circle moment where, um, you know, I kind of, I, I was, I, I kind of got choked up on it for a minute, but, um, I say that because my, my family has been in healthcare, like as long as we can look at it. I, I, my earliest memory in life, those who listen to me, have heard this story, but my earliest memory in life is being in nursing class with my mom and, uh, playing on the floor and like sitting there. And then every summer we would go and uh, follow my grandfather around while he saw patients. Like he would see patients all day with a bratty little grandkid nipping at his heels. I'm like, how, how did he do that? <laughs> that would drive me crazy. But that was, you know, that was, it, th there was so much education in that. Not only did like, I think we really did kind of receive some of his bedside and communication stuff, but also like the the care that he took uh, carried over into us and like bringing your family in and and how do you kind of grow a legacy of of impacting lives uh, definitely carried over. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, I was I tried to run from that. I was actually in engineering for a while, but uh, Destiny has an interesting way of kind of kind of pulling you back in. So uh, well, that's interesting. That's very interesting because I have a. You know, after about 2019, I really started studying engineering and stuff. I have a really uh, a large amount of respect and um, for engineers because they really can't make mistakes, right? It's the yeah. one profession where you can't bullshit your way out of it. It's like, 
well, I, I built the bridge and well, it collapsed. Well, it wasn't my fault. Well, yeah, it probably was. Well, and the, the great thing I think that I did carry over is that in engineering, you you have a very low risk uh, tolerance. So as you say, you can't make a whole lot of mistakes um, and you have to be an excellent problem solver. Like somebody will come to you with, hey, here's a here's an issue that we're having. Figure out a way to solve it. Yeah. Um, I think in the right situation, healthcare should be the same is that, you know, everybody's different. Um Everybody has a different belief system, a different history, and they come to us with problems. And if the healthcare system is doing what it's supposed to, then we should have a low risk tolerance for getting it wrong. And we should have a very um, creative way of solving those specific problems that check all the boxes. And so uh, it it seems like they're on opposite ends of the spectrum, like being in engineering and then ending up in healthcare. Uh, but I, I find a lot of uh, similarities in how we should be practicing both of those. So uh, yeah, I, I do think it served me in a lot of ways to spend some time in there. Well, you know, what's interesting is the oldest medicine on the planet that I know of is uh, Ayurvedic medicine. And that is based on 10,000 years of biological engineering system science. That's what it is. You know, that Vata Pitta Kapha is transport conversion storage. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just Look it had, up. I uh, mean, are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah. I just had a, crazy, a really right? great Ayurvedic doctor uh, on the Pain and Performance podcast, and and I really didn't have a lot of insight into it. But after that conversation and digging into the history of it, I'm like, I, I think there's value to looking back at that stuff because they didn't have a dog in the fight. Like, they didn't care uh, if it followed their philosophy. They wanted results back then. Yeah. Um, so I I do think there's a lot of value to going back and looking at these things uh, and and seeing what they were thinking and what they were doing, because today, at least for the last 150 years, uh, a lot of our research is to try and confirm stuff that we already believe to confirm the hypothesis. Right. So we already come into it with the modern kind of scientific method with some sort of a bias. Back then, it was literally like, let me just see what happens and then we'll adjust going forward. And so a lot of the things they did, um, it was truly just, does it give us the result we want? Yeah. Um, now, how many people, how many mistakes were made along that pathway? Luckily, they had a, a few thousand years of, of research with it. Well, and let's be clear. Um, you mentioned the scientific method, which I think would actually fall into place with engineering system science. But the difference is today, it's it's the checkbook science. And it's the scientific consensus where just a bunch of people say, well, yeah, this is the way it is. Yet they haven't actually, you know, take that theory and tested it properly um, to come up with, you know, uh, actually using the scientific method. But I want to go back to something that I thought was really important, which is your grandfather, the doctor that was seeing patients when you were a kid. What you got was a very unique experience. I was just talking to a nurse and um, she has got a great bedside manner. She is just love and joy, and and people love her. I mean, they just love her. Her mother was a nurse, too. Her mother was a registered nurse. Now, the nurse I'm talking about has been a flight nurse. She's an emergency room nurse. She does surgery. She does whatever. Um, hospice care, she can do it all. And um, her mom did hospice care. So she grew up as a little girl going from home to home to home to home for years with her mom as her mom was taking care of people at, at end of life. And so what 
was happening to her just ha was happening to you with you going around with your grandfather think about you know what we've lost today in our society is apprenticeship right where you actually if you find out something you want to do and that's where it's coming back now it's coming back online because people are fine there's there's no point in going to college anymore unless you have a very specific thing that you want to do yeah. other than that there's no there's you're wasting your time you're just going to get drunk and you're going to end up with a uh, a hangover and, and a big bill at the end of the day that you have to pay off. Right now, yeah, probably you're going to professional school, it probably, yeah. you know, doesn't, yeah, our doesn't government officials will probably just wipe it out for you down the road and everybody else will pay for it. But the, the, the thing of it is, is that, um, you, you familiar with the Shaolin monks, you know, those guys that I'm not, they start training like karate and a, and a version of yoga when they're like four years old and they start real young. And by the time these guys are like 20, like they they put like they smash bricks and they can put nails on their neck and guys can push on them. And I mean, they can do all this crazy stuff. They've hardened their bodies, their mind, they're so in there, but they're also very flexible. They have they are become masters, right? You are like a Shaolin monk when it comes to being in 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 helping people with healing and, and therapy and stuff like that because of that that time that you spent with your with your grandfather. And people think, well, you're a little kid running around. doesn't matter. If you're even in presence of somebody like that, you're picking it up. You're picking up his attitude, the love, the energy that he put out. Maybe not necessarily exactly, you know, what herb he prescribed or what he was doing or particular ma manipulation. But there, there, you were absorbing all of that. And that's now literally in your DNA. So it yeah, gives we... you a huge advantage, my friend. A huge advantage over other people that started when they were 21 and said, okay, I'm going to be a physical therapist. Yeah, that's uh, that's not lost on on me or my family. A lot of my family, I've got a very large family. Um, I, I probably fifty to sixty percent of my like first cousins ended up in healthcare, and it, it's a lot of that. Uh, in my office, I, I've got I've got a pretty large staff, and most of them have kids, and they know as long as the kids well behaved. Um, if there's an issue and it's not like every day, by all means, like bring the kid, let, have them, have them here, have them in this environment. Um, and a lot of the reason that we allow that stuff, you know, even in a healthcare is cause like my grandfather allowing that has allowed his legacy to help many more people. So like now, you know, he's got 12 other practitioners, you know, in terms of like you know, for him, grandkids who are now helping you know, thousands of people. And that's still his legacy. That's still from his influence. So, you know, for us, how many of these, you know, of my, my staff's kids end up in some version of healthcare, whatever that means in, you know, 30 years, 40 years, yeah. um, the stuff they see and the care that they see it, it, it's going to carry over in some way in how they interact. And that allows us to impact more lives through, you know, kind of that education. So it's not lost on us. Uh, my staff knows there are times where, you know, we're like, Hey, you know, go put them in the back, but uh, we do allow that. And it's for, because of the impact that that had on, on me and my family. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And it also reminds me of, uh, I, I knew a, a family I was told about, cause I had a friend who, I ran into, he went to the Hippocrates Health Institute like I did, and we he was kind of a business guy, and we were chatting. I got to reach out to him. Um, he's up in Canada, and he had hemorrhoids. And I guess there's, there's hemorrhoids that are on the outside, and there's hemorrhoids on the inside. He had both. And I'm talking, he said, basically, he was in so much pain that he just didn't even want to live anymore because when he had to go to the bathroom. So we kind of connected on 
butt pain because <laughs> I I was shitting blood and when I'd poop and I was about a pain level of six to a seven on a one to ten. So every I started building up anxiety around pooping. And he definitely did because he was just like he goes, dude, it's like a nine ten. He's like razor blades in your butt. And so he met this uh, family up in Canada that was the the grandfather was like a uh, a national treasure. And uh, the the guy running the country didn't even want to let him leave, uh, but he wanted to go to I think up around Toronto or something. So he leaves and comes over and he goes and sees this kid that had trained under his grandfather. He's like twenty four years old. But he's he's been training since he was 14. And that's what the whole family does. They start training by their 14. By the time these guys are 24, 10 years later, then when they go help uh, you know, other Western medical doctors with stuff, they're literally training them in the operating rooms and, and what to do and stuff. So he said he did all these little salves and little packs and herbs and all this stuff. And and between that and the diet and the lifestyle changes, he got a complete complete healing from that and, he, and he's able to continue on with his life he's like these people are amazing and over in china actually they have um you know it's like 1500 bucks or 1800 dollars, and we'll cure your leukemia and so this branch of this family does leukemia and this branch over here does lymphoma and this branch does that and they you pay them 1800 bucks and it's guaranteed if it doesn't work you get your money back i mean <laughs> wow well where the hell's that over here you know people I don't think people understand what's really going on in other parts of the world and stuff. So anyway, I really love that approach about your family. We got to take a quick break. We come back. We'll get into more of Derek's uh, journey and what he's doing to help people with pain and, and give them and relief uh, and improve their health. We'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution absorbs over 100 times better than regular turmeric products, eliminating the need to add black pepper. Turmeric 100 helps against inflammation and pain and is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% natural, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. Uh, what's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with my guest, Dr. Derek Hines. Oh, uh, I'm just I'm so excited about you because your background, your attitude. So why don't you just kind of get into like, how did you get into physical therapy and what are you seeing today with patients coming in? What, what are their problems? Yeah, I, you know, based on that kind of the background, one of the things that I initially wanted to do was get in some version of healthcare that allowed me to break some rules. Um, I'm not a good rule follower. Uh, and so, you know, starting to look at some of that stuff, I, I scheduled a bunch of kind of shadowings and stuff like that. So I was following some primary care physicians around, uh, follow orthopedic physician. And one of the things that struck me, I mean, we're talking about like early, early 2000s was that I did not resonate with what they were doing. Like walking in, have the conversation, here's a script. Walking in, here's a script, schedule surgery. So I was trying to figure out a way to impact people's health, but not be in that world. Um, and I came, I crossed paths with uh, one of my first mentors, uh, Malton Sheck Snyder, brilliant physical therapist, had all this extra education. Um, he just so happened to be in Louisiana for like a year and we crossed paths during that time. And he would would talk to people about why they were hurting and what was going on physically with it. But then he'd let that conversation lead into life conversations of like, what are you doing every day? 
And I was, I was an athlete at the time. I was like, I, I like this approach to health much better. My, yeah. this feels right to me. Um, and so that, that started leading me into physical health. Then the curveball happened. So I went, I got my doctorate. I got out. Uh, I was running a chronic pain center in South Alabama and we start seeing these chronic pain patients and they would come in and they had, these were the epitome of the modern healthcare system. They had been given education. They had been given medication. They had been imaged to death. Many of them had had surgery and they were still ending up in my office, unhealthy, in pain, depressed, stressed with nowhere to go. And I was like, okay, like these people have used our modern system to the best that they could. And it didn't work. Like what is something's wrong? And well, it's a systems problem. It is. It's a I system. I mean, the whole system is an overhaul, dude. It's like you just talked about it. They walk in. How you doing? What's your problem? Uh, okay, here's a pill. Or well, and oh, the, we better the, get you scheduled. The bigger issue is that when you when you talk to a lot of the practitioners, like the doctors that are in that, they think they're doing the right thing in a lot of ways. It's not like they have malice. Many of them are really trying to help. Exactly. It's just the system didn't set them up in a way to help very well. And and that's been the biggest issue. So that frustration of like, I don't know how to actually help these people. Like y'all are coming to me to, to help improve pain when like everything else is going on, going wrong in your, in your body, all the systems aren't functioning well. So if I put this fire out in your shoulder, that really doesn't change a whole lot in your life. And so I started traveling. Um, I started seeking out kind of experts. Uh, I spent a bunch of time overseas, basically would beg anybody who seemed like they were doing really high quality work. Uh, to let me come look, I'll, I'll sweep floors, I'll clean, I'll see patients for free with you. Like, I just want to come study. And that, that took me through Europe, that took me through South America, that took me through uh, Thailand. Uh, and one of the interesting things when you get over there is you see like, oh, they do this way different than we do it. Like, there's so many differences. Uh, you know, like you look at South America, there was still an apprenticeship in healthcare when I was there, where you, if you worked under a doctor long enough, you could still see patients without going to medical school. Um, mm -hmm. And the conversations were actually really good. What's going on? They were checking diet. They were checking, you know, hormone levels. Like I was like, it was a, it was a, albeit a very primitive form of functional medicine. Um, and look, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but it just showed you like what their focus was in some of these areas. And going through that, I, I came back and, a lot of that education was like, look, we need to change what we're doing. We need to change the conversations we're having in healthcare, in the pain world specifically, which is kind of where I live a lot of that. Um, but it's very interesting. We take our patients, they find us in pain and pain's a very good motivator. Uh, so, so you're asking like, what do we see? Um, you know, they come in, of course, look, we see a, a ton of back pain, a ton of disc injuries, and that's lifestyle factors these days. Uh, we see a lot of neck pain and headaches. I think that gets to a lot of what you talk about, the the kind yeah. of uh, chemistry and the food and the the supplements and the drinks that we're getting. Uh, we see a lot of chemical dysfunction in those people. Um, and then when you're highly motivated in that moment, pain is so good uh, to get us moving in the right direction that once they start feeling better and they start seeing like, oh, this is this is different. This is up the right track. Then we start having these conversations of like, look, you remember how bad that pain was, you know, last month, two months ago, three months ago, whatever it is. We want to make sure you don't end up in that. So here's here's some simple changes that you can start to make 
that will lead you to a better life. And when it's close and it's fresh like that, um, they are, are very motivated to act. The reason I do a lot of these podcasts and stuff is don't wait for pain to be your motivator. You can start doing a lot of this stuff now. You can start before you get so far down the wrong track that you have too much inflammation in your body and now your body can't go in and heal a slight tendon injury or a slight disc bulge or irritation or a slight nerve inflammation. When when our body's not in, in good shape and the systems aren't functioning well, these little small problems that we see all the time are not healing because of that. They're not the reason. They are the symptom. They're not the cause. So a lot of what we try and do is like, yes, I know you're here for neck pain or shoulder pain or back pain. But that's just a symptom of a deeper underlying cause. Now, is that a movement dysfunction? Is that recovery where you're not sleeping well enough for your body to actually go through this? Is that chemical? Um, is that a, a, a chemical nutritional problem where we don't have the right things in your body and you have too much inflammation? Uh, you have too many chemicals. You have too few uh, positive chemicals, positive fuel. Um, is that an immune issue? Is that a mental, emotional issue? That's kind of our our, our checklist as we work down it. Um, and of course, look, you know, some of these conversations are hard. We've got to build up a rapport with patients. So we, we, we scatter that out, but I would well, say, yeah, because people have belief systems, they have emotionalities, especially down, like you said, around the food in Louisiana, they're like, screw you, dude. My grandma cooked this and she was fine. It's like, yeah, but you're, you're 400 pounds, bro. Yeah. Like, and you're, you don't have, you're, you're 40 years old and you're, <clears throat> you have neuropathy starting in your toes and, you're eventually going to lose your eyesight or, you know, this is a perfect example. You said when you're not healthy, let's say somebody's like 60 pounds, 80 pounds overweight, 40 pounds overweight, like I was 42 pounds. Um, and let's say you do get neuropathy in your foot and you get a wound down there and it won't heal. Well, why isn't it healing? Why won't your foot heal? Like it's supposed to, when you get a hurt or something like that, maybe you scuffed it when you're out, I don't know, cutting firewood or something. And, uh, it's because you don't have any blood flow. Well, why don't you have blood flow? And you keep asking these questions. You go back. It's because you you didn't take care of the, your your system, your your biological engineering system of your body. It's a system too. It's a it's a it's a business. So yeah. it, it's it's interesting you bring that up because we started doing exactly that question when when patients wouldn't get better. We, our question was why we would do like a little post hoc. Um, why didn't this patient get better? What were they missing? And that started to layer in different treatments for us. So you talk about like the non-healing wound. We would have patients, like I had a patient who came in, she had fractured her ankle, it went through the skin and we saw her a year out and that wound still wasn't healed. And so we're like, okay, let's have some conversations. We need to look at this. Uh, one part of it was that she wasn't getting blood flow into that area and so it couldn't heal. So we start looking at ways, what's out there that can actually help get blood flow to this. There's a few things on that list. Uh, hyperbaric is certainly a, a positive one in terms of getting you know oxygen and red blood cells moving. Uh, there's something called PEMF that your listeners have probably heard of. Yep. So pulse electromagnetic field therapy does a wonderful job of improving blood flow um, and vascular function throughout the body. And we can increase blood flow to an area by like 50%. That's massive. Within three weeks, her wound is showing significant signs of healing. I think six weeks later is completely closed. This is after a year, but we're that, that parlayed us. So we start working on blood flow, but then you're like, okay, look, now we have to start looking. We need to see, we need to do an oral glucose test. We need to find out what's happening. We actually got her on a continuous glucose monitor and we could see like, 
what she was eating was causing massive spikes in glucose every single day. And so you're, we're like, I can get all the blood flow moving in the world, but if the nutrients that you need to heal are not in your body in the right levels, I'm not sending any healing agents to that area. So, you know, simple, simple conversations, let's clean this up. And it's like the, I think the question seems complex for people. Sometimes the solutions rarely are, you know, the solutions for a lot of these things, mm -hmm. if we ask the right questions, kind of go back to some of the stuff we were talking about earlier, these old ways of doing things. There's a reason that they found these simple things because they worked in a lot of ways, um, you know, eating natural food, cook stuff hydrate, get good rest, get in the sun, get on the earth. It's like some of these answers seem too basic to our patients. And I'm like, it seems like it's simple, but you're not doing it. Just, let's see what happens if you do that for six weeks. Now you brought something up. I don't think I've ever brought this up on the show and it's probably one of the most important things I've learned. Hopefully we have. Um, and you brought up like you put that glucose monitor on her. And then you could see when she was eating a Snickers bar and a Mountain Dew, right? And you know, massive spikes in glucose. So the thing of it is, one, one thing that I've learned, there's one marker that's really important. It's insulin. And this is for everything, guys. Insulin, insulin, insulin. So when you consume food of any type, your body is going to produce insulin. The more insulin you produce in your lifetime, the less health you're going to have the more disease and sickness you're going to have, and especially if it's crappy foods. So if you want to live a long, healthy life, you want to minimize the insulin. The insulin's kind of like the gas pedal. like It's like a rental car. Like You drive it nice, and you, when you buy your own car, you kind of, you know, hopefully, most people, <laughs> take care of that car, drive it, and they don't hot rod around. But a lot of people get in rental cars, and they just floor it and go around corners, and they don't give a shit. And it's like they're just pumping the, pumping the gas, pumping the insulin. They're going to wear that rental car. is going to wear out much faster. It's going to have a lot more miles on it. Well, it's funny you bring that up because uh, I, like, look, everything needs to be in balance. And so if somebody has no insulin, um, that can be an issue. But what the way I explain it to a lot of my patients is one of the markers we look at for inflammation is IGF-1. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, I've heard of that somewhere. I'm like, what does that stand for? Insulin-like growth factor. I'm like, we test that. And if that is high, we know that your body is in an inflamed state. It, it, it's it's going in and trying to repair problems um, constantly. It's constantly sending these these kind of inflammatory molecules into these areas. Uh, I'm like, if you constantly increase insulin, it's quite similar. There's a reason they named it insulin-like growth factor. Um, and so when we look at that stuff, it's like we need to stay in the lane with these things. Um, we want them to function very, very well. And so that leads to a lot of, again, simple answers the, the the if we ask the right question the answer doesn't have to be very complicated um and in a lot of these we teach something called the compounding health loop mm -hmm. which is like the the body is this beautiful intertwined mesh of systems if you change one thing in one system it affects every other system so you change your beliefs and your mental emotional state that changes your hormonal and immune state and your physical state if you change your physical state, there's a feedback loop. And we've seen this in research that will absolutely change your mental and emotional state and change your immune state. So all of these things are intertwined. The nice thing about that is that means that we can make one small change that we repeat consistently 
And we will create this compounding health loop where that one change creates a ripple effect and increases the performance of all the other systems. So take something simple like taking a walk in the morning. So what am I doing? I'm getting out, I'm getting fresh air, I'm working the cardiovascular system. If my cardiovascular system improves by 1%, one small change to that, I've got better brain function, I've got better immune function, I've got better cellular function. We've shown this, we've got better mental and emotional function. A lot of that is all intertwined. So when people start studying a lot of this stuff, I think they start to get overwhelmed. And the reason that we start talking about this compounding health loop is that if you pick two or three things that you can do and you know you can do them every day, you will impact every system in your body. If you just find those lead dominoes to start making your body function better and you repeat those every day, that's how walking can improve your hormonal balance. That's yeah. how sleeping can improve your mental and emotional function. That's how eating can improve your pain. So it's finding those things that we can do consistently to start to tap into our own compounding health loop for each of us. Yeah. Does that makes sense. And hopefully when I would, yeah, absolutely. It's like, and when I, I think when I was on your show, hopefully um, I, I always talk about are these four core secrets. I get people doing these basic things like drinking clean water, chewing their food really well, avoiding liquids with meals and doing some breath exercises, breath work, breath play, whatever you want to call it for a minute or two, just some deep breaths before you eat. You, these are basic things that create that loop you're talking about. Yeah. And, um, just, just to go back, cause I was bringing up the, uh, when I was bringing up that insulin thing was saying that, you know, the more insulin that you pump out during your lifetime, the lower your quality of life and the less you pump out, how, what's the solution? Well, the solution is, you know, one of the, it's, it's intermittent fasting as an example. It's not eating all the time, eating within windows, taking a day off once a week where you don't eat anything. You do all liquid nourishment and then doing three to five day water fast quarterly. Water fasting out of all, actually, I was just going to say this, out of all the things that I've studied personally over the last 13 years for myself and with all these clients that I've worked with, I would say the most powerful things that you can do for your health to heal and to have a high quality life actually don't cost anything i would agree it's 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 water fasting it's and this is a new one for me and i'm i'm in the middle of it but what i'm looking at is like it's urotherapy or urine therapy i mean i had no idea and you know, you know people think about drinking their own urine the first time i heard about it one of my uh listeners was like hey tim i got this amazing guy i want to have on your show and he's talking about urine therapy and he reached out to him and i was like okay I mean, I'm open-minded. I'll get him on. I don't know what happened. It fell through the cracks probably because I'm, I'm thinking this is crazy. I ain't drinking my urine. But when then I met somebody just recently who I very, was one of my idols in this industry, Dr. Ed Group. And um, he was laying it out. We spent seven days together at, at Mountains of Hope uh, on our healing clinic in Medellin, Colombia. And, uh, and then there was jo Jonathan Otto, also a filmmaker there. And they were both so passionate about it and talking about the studies and and Dr. Groups actually worked with many cancer patients with uh, urotherapy. And so I started looking into it and I was like, holy crap. Like, I, 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 hopefully I, I can, I don't know if I've talked about this, but I, we can, we can actually save some lives. You probably have to have me come back on your podcast. Well, I'll, I'll drop yeah, some big, drop some big bombs on something. But let's say, Derek, you're out in the woods with your wife and she gets bit on the leg by, uh, or let's say you're by yourself first. Let's say you're by yourself, you're out trail running. And you get bit by a poisonous snake, right? And you're out in the middle of nowhere and you can't make it to a hospital and it's going to kill you. 
Did you know that when you get bit within like 15 seconds, your body starts producing those snake antivenoms in your urine? You probably did, right? And so what people don't realize is that let's say you get by a bit by a snake and you do make it to a hospital, what are they going to give you? They're going to give you synthetic snake antivenom that was originally come from a horse. They inject the horse with that rattlesnake venom, maybe that diamondback rattler, into the horse. The horse produces the antivenom, comes out in the urine, they collect the urine, then they synthesize the nutrients that stop you from dying, basically. And so you can literally just drink your pee and you heal yourself of a snake bite. Now, if Derek was with his wife and she got bit in the leg and he started to suck the poison out of her leg, um, that might help. But if she drinks her pee, she's going to be fine. But Derek has now sucked in some poison. He's ingested it. What did his body now do? His body has now made the perfect medicine in his urine. So if he doesn't drink his urine, he might end up for six months to two years losing his taste and his smell. But if he drinks his urine, then he'll get his taste and his smell back because those those snake venoms that attach to the nicotine receptors will get dislodged by the antidote that was in his urine. It's unbelievable to me. Dude, it blows my mind. Like, it's like God has put all I've this heard stuff. Of like, what's the, uh, I, there's a UFC fighter who was, who was kind of big into it. And I, I know he got a bunch of flack for it. And, you know, in all honesty, I was kind of like, man, these guys will do anything to fight, to, to make themselves pissed off, to fight, even, even drink their own, <laughs> uh, drink, you know, everybody says it like drink, you know, drinking piss. No, but dude, this, this I'll just say vinegar. one more thing about it. And we got to take a break, but the, the stuff that's blown my, dude, I'm doing a lot of research on this right now and I'm doing it. I'm drinking my own urine. I'm doing, it. I drink it. I wake up every morning. I pee, I drink a couple ounces of it, I'm getting used to it, but I'm also fermenting it because during the day we produce 140 stem cells in our urine and you can take it and what you do is you pee, like I, I, what I'm doing is I'm doing four ounces, but you only need two for the drinking part, but I'm culturing the four ounces so I can have extra two ounces for other things. If I take my urine or you take your urine or somebody listening takes their urine, they pee in a glass jar. And again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not making any recommendations, so I'm just saying this is what I'm doing, okay? So I pee in the bottle. Five days later, I fill up another one. Five days later, I fill up another one. I do this five times. Now, once I hit the, it's basically 21 days, your stem cells will go up to 100 million stem cells in that little two-ounce bottle. How much are people spending on stem cell therapy? Five grand, 10 grand, 15 grand. They're flying places. You can make 100 million of your own stem cells. And and, and, and Dr. Gru, I haven't done it yet because mine's culturing right now. I'm, I'm new into this. But he said that um, uh, all you do is you get, it kind of gets kind of nasty. So you got to um, like cut it with 50, 50% distilled water, put some lemon in there, lime juice, or mix it with some unsweetened cranberry juice. Yeah, I'm probably going to do the unsweetened cranberry juice, okay? Um, <laughs> I want to cover that up. But, you know, if I can do that, and every five days I can take a two-ounce shot of cultured urine and give myself a hundred million stem cells plus the – Imagine this, whatever, listen, whatever problem you have in your body right now, whatever it is, your body has the antidote in the urine, perfectly made for you. So this is the stuff like this that's blowing my mind. And this is what I like about you is because, you know, you, 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 you made a commitment to sharing breakthroughs and ideas through people. You study and research. You're constantly studying and, you know, you're constantly getting better because you're passionate about helping people. And it's, it's just fun learning this stuff. I, I feel like a little kid running down to the Christmas stocking. I can't wait to drink my aged urine. You know, it's, it's, and, and it's like, I'm kind of looking forward to it. And I got to tell you, I'm, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm feeling a little bit better already. So anyway, 
All right, dude. So we're going to take another break and we'll come back and then we'll get into like some of these cutting edge approaches to pain relief and health improvement he's been doing also with the old school stuff and that approach. We'll be right back. The average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health. The best part? It is super gentle, and there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with my guest, Dr. Derek Hines. Okay, we were, in, we're here talking. I want to talk about, like, you know, we got into urine therapy there because I'm excited about it. But, uh, you know, you're kind of an expert in fascia and in you people have pain relief. So I guess let's just do some case studies here. Um, what What's the most common thing people come in for for pain? And what age groups are we talking about here? Uh, our, our most common thing is still going to be back pain. Uh, okay, about 70% of the population is going to deal with back pain. We see that in our clinic, um, as, as well, that, that we see a ton of back pain patients. Okay. So how do you help them? So the, the, we go through a lot of what we just talked about, but let's, let's talk about physical health for just a minute. Um, and, and kind of stay on that, that track. So people have some takeaways from a physical standpoint. Most of the physical issues that we see when somebody comes in with back pain is that, They've got a, an imbalance across the spine. And most of this comes today because our world keeps us in a sitting position a lot. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of reasons to stay standing and get into a upright extended posture very often. Yeah. And so what happens is all of the structures across the front of the spine tend to shorten and tighten. And what that does, if you look at the back, is creates this compression across the discs, across the nerves, across the joints, and causes a weakness in the back. So we're getting tight across the front of the hips, the abdomen, the deep structures across the front of the spine, and we're not using the muscles in the back, in the glutes, uh, these deep stabilizer muscles in the spine. When that happens, we've got a perfect storm to really squeeze down across the nerve roots, to squeeze across the front of the disc. I wish I had my little spine model for you. And then to cause these disc bulges out the back, if you think of your disc as a balloon and you squeeze yeah. the front of the balloon, what happens to the back? It bulges right. out. Yeah. In essence, most of the people are dealing with this all the time. And we get in this underlying situation where um, that's the the underlying cause is that imbalance. And somebody goes to their doctor and they say, oh, your problem is that you have a disc bulge or a disc herniation. That is actually a symptom. That disc bulging is a symptom of this underlying dysfunction. And so that what do we do? We see this all the time. We treat that. They go in and they do an injection to calm the swelling around the nerves, to calm the swelling around the disc, and people feel better for a little while. And then what happens? They go back to their normal life and the pain comes back. And they repeat this cycle a few times. And then we go and do surgery on it. And we go in and we fix the disc and the biggest predictor of back pain in the world today or uh, back surgery in the world today is previous back surgery. That should, that should frighten us. If you've yeah. had back surgery, that's the biggest predictor of a, of a future back surgery. And so 
when we see that, you're like, we're we're treating the symptom of this underlying dysfunction. So when we get in, we do a lot of, of kind of, we do some uh, something called uh, ultrasound guided dissection. So we use a lot of needles in the clinic. We do dry needling. Um, we do a lot of hands-on stuff. Basically, we combine uh, all of the philosophies. So we take the best from uh, like medical trigger point injections, the best, best from acupuncture, the best from osteopathic, chiropractic, physical medicine, and physical therapy. How do we blend all that stuff up? So what we'll do is go in and actually start releasing the tissue across the front of the spine so that now I've at least created some balance so that when we tell somebody, hey, look, y'all have probably heard this, get your core strong. What does that mean? When they actually start doing these exercises, it's beneficial in creating better balance across the spine so that we're not putting these areas in a position for injury. So, you know, a lot of that, if somebody's at home and they're dealing with this, 95% of the back pain patients we see have what we would consider an extension dysfunction, which is what we're talking about here. If those people will do three things, it fixes a lot of the position, especially if you catch it early. So what we give people, they'll stretch the front of the hip. Y'all can like search for a deep psoas stretch, P-S-O-A-S, if y'all are listening to this. Um, that's the muscle that crosses from your hip and actually attaches on the front of your spine through your body. When that tightens, it squeezes your hips. And we've all seen these people who can't get upright. That's because those deep hip flexors have tightened, squeeze that spine down and forward. Now, the other thing that we don't realize is that our deep abdominal muscles tighten as well. So we'll give people a big ball on top of loosening the hip. We'll have them start rolling out their abdomen, start mm. getting in there. It's just like an air ball, but you'll find all kind of crazy pain spots throughout the deep abdomen because those muscles have sharpened and tightened so much on people. Just taking that tension off the front of the spine, if we catch this early enough, is enough to salvage the position across the low back and take the pressure off the disc, off the nerves. If they're doing any type of, of glute exercises at that point, squats, deadlifts, uh, bridges, like now those exercises can be beneficial. But if I'm so tight that I'm compressing the disc and I try and exercise it, I'm not going to make any ground up in terms of improving the balance across mm. the the. <clears throat> the spine there. So uh, hopefully that makes sense to people. It's like it, we we often need to look on the opposite side from where the pain is to see where the actual problem is. Because we see the same thing in the neck and shoulders. Somebody comes with bad pain in the back of their, their head, in the back of their neck, in their shoulders, they're getting pain coming down. If those people come across the front of the shoulders and the front of the neck and loosen that up, we create that balance that we need across those structures to have better function of the joints and the nerves and the structures in that area. So, you know, a lot of times when I have a new doctor working for us, we're like, where they come and tell you their pain is at is very seldom where the actual problem is coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen that. Uh, I had a pain in my left knee and I had a rolfer, uh, a guy that was very experienced in rolfing, which is if, if you're not familiar with it, it's a, it's a, technique a body work technique design uh, originally originated by a gal named ida rolf so they call it rolfing after this gal guy gal named ida rolf because when he first said rolfing i'm like what the what did he say i didn't even know what he really said so it was kind of a it was just based on this lady's name that developed this technique so i had a uh, knee pain i'm doing yoga 
and um, which I want to talk about here in Fosh in just a second in regards to all this. Um, and my knee's killing me. I mean, I'm a, I, I was in my 40s. I feel like I'm 20 all over my whole body except my left knee. feels like it's 80, and I couldn't do some stuff on that. And I thought I was going to have to have surgery or something. And then I was in a colon hydrotherapy clinic, and this guy was, like, talking about rolfing. And, and, and then he said, I have this contrast water therapy machine, and it worked really good for – um, the amazing, he said for, for tendonitis and tennis elbow. And I was like, I had that from trying to do 30 pull-ups. So I grab his number. He comes over to do the contrast water therapy on my arm, my left arm, my uh, elbow. And, and he says, I'm a rolfer. He goes, so I'll just work on you while I'm, we're doing this. And he goes, you have any pain? I'm like, yeah, my knee. And he started working down my knee and he got down into my foot. And he's like, oh, you have four bones out of place down in your foot. That's what's causing your knee problem. I'm like, what? He goes, I'm not a chiropractor, but I'll I'll work on this and I'll start loosening up that. He goes, so the your body has created these these tendons and stuff and muscles have tightened up to create like a bone to do the job of the bone across your foot. And that's went up the side of your leg, past your knee, up to your hip. And he goes, this is all super tight in here. So he started loosening it up. And, you know, I, I did like eight sessions with him. He said, look, um, four of those uh, three of three of the four bones that were out. I have just went back in, but he goes, you're going to have to go see a chiropractor to get that last one. He goes, I'm out of my scope, but like, dude, 98% healing. And like, I mean, my knee's back and it wasn't my knee. It was my foot. I had bones out in my foot. I would have never thought about this in a million years. So this is where I learned about what you're talking about exactly. So the other thing is when you're talking about these people are coming in with back issues and neck issues, I can't tell you how many people in yoga I've asked, why did you join yoga? And they said back because my back issues. And they said, look, I either don't want to get surgery or I did surgery and it didn't work. And this is the only thing that works is yoga. As long as I'm in here, I'm out of pain. But if I stop doing yoga, my pain comes back. So let's talk about fascia. What is it and how does that affect and what? how do you work with fascia and people and their pain? Yeah, so fa fascia is the the connective tissue that keeps everything together. So if we think about the body as like, you know, we have the skeletal structure, we have all our bones, and then we have these muscles that attach across. Well, muscles are made up of a bunch of little tiny fibers. If left to their own devices, these things would not have any structure to them. They would not have any like like unique positioning. So in our body's, you know, infinite wisdom, we have fascia that covers them, that makes all these nice compartments that run through the body. The issue with that is fascia, there's a lot of research that's come out lately that shows that fascia is this continuous tension network. So fascia can actually change based on the nerve uh, signals to the underlying tissue. And this is one of the reasons that we like to do a lot of active uh, stretching with people whenever we're showing them, them um, ways of changing this. Because if we can actually tell the body to turn on and off tension, it does change the fascia. So where a lot of these people are getting in and they're rolling out and they're doing a lot of that stuff, it can be valuable. And, and we do use that in the early stages, but to make permanent changes to how your fascia moves, you have to start adding in some, some active components, meaning you're trying to tighten up areas that we have fascia relaxation that would be causing it. So in our back pain, what we're talking about, the fascia that covers the lower back uh, into the hips will actually be distended and the fascia that covers the front will actually be contracted. And so if we can start to go in and tell the body to tension the back of that, we're just doing this with muscles and we don't realize that that is changing the fascial tension in there. Um, this is really interesting 
areas because what we used to think is that it was this um you know kind of inanimate web of like collagen tissue so fascia is made of about 15 percent elastin about 80 percent collagen it's a really dense tissue if you feel that in a cadaver and i've heard people tell me this you, like you feel how tight that is you can never change that by rolling it i'm like yeah but you're missing this one component is that it's not alive right now it's alive yeah. in us and because it's alive what we were talking about earlier absolutely relates to this any change to that system can change the fascial system um so if i change the downstream effect of hydration absolutely changes fascia. Like missing the alive component is a very big problem. And so when we roll something out and we put pressure into it, we're telling the body to relax everything in there. And that includes the fascia that, that covers those muscles. Um, just understanding this is a very powerful thing because if you have areas that are tight, doing anything that feels like it relaxes that even breath work and mind mindfulness of doing like a body scan, we'll see changes in blood flow to the fascia whenever we do those things. So, you know, fascia is this covering through that. And I think the thing that helps a lot of people is to see these pictures of how the fascia creates maps throughout the body. Uh, are you familiar with the work of Thomas Myers uh, anatomy trains? I'm not, no. So what, uh, Dr. Myers put together was what he calls anatomy trains. And what that shows is how the, the muscular fascia system, the myofascial system is connected all through the body. So when you talk about your, your foot and your knee, there's something called the superficial back line. Y'all can look this up. And basically the fascial system connects from the bottom of your foot, up your heel, up your leg, all the way up the calf, up into the hamstring, through the butt, into the lower back, all the way up the spine, all the way to your head and wraps around to the front of the skull. That is all one. If we started dissecting it, we could pull that entire myofascial train off of your body and it would all still be connected. He's got some really great dissections in his book. The nice thing about knowing this is that if you have pain anywhere along that train, what we want to show people is get, get your, you know, your foam roller, get your tune up ball, get your percussion gun and go up the whole train. And I promise you're going to find some spots that are tender and tight and irritated that weren't anywhere near your, your pain problem. So if it was in the knee, you're going to find some spots in your foot that you're like, man, why is that so tight? You're going to find some spots at the base of your neck that you're like, golly, that's awfully tender. When you loosen, like if you think of this whole train as like yarn and it was connected to my skeleton and I twist that yarn Let's say I twist it at your lower back. What's that going to do up at the neck? It's going to tension it. If I twist that yarn at the knee, what's that going to do down at the foot? It's going to increase the tension in it. So when we think of fascia as this giant network that runs through the body, it gives us a much more powerful way of doing mobility work that actually will change our pain and our, our healing. Um, so it's a concept that it helps everybody who's listening to this has probably heard of like foam rolling and mobility work, but where do I just sit there and hammer out the area that hurts? Like that's not necessarily helpful. When we teach this to patients, we're like, if your pain is along this line, what you're going to do is throughout a whole week, you don't have to do this all in one day throughout a week, you're going to hit every area along that line. And then the next week, you know, this might take five minutes. You roll your foot out before you go to sleep. The next day you roll the calf out. The next day you roll the hip, the hamstring, the next day, the butt, 
then you do your spine, your head, and then we start back over. Um, throughout that time, we're going to get the health of the fascia throughout that whole line much, much more mobile. And we're going to change the pain because now we're working on dysfunction and where our body sends that pain signal can change if we leave that core problem there. This is the same thing as getting the injection in the low back. We yeah. have to address that underlying cause. And when we do that, we can change pain at a much deeper level because now we're actually addressing why the body was sending that error signal in the first place. That that resonate? Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm a I'm a Yin Yoga instructor because of this because I'm so, you know, wrapped up in in fascia. <laughs> so into Unintended. it. And, and I and I've seen I've seen like just so many people get better and their their eyes just open after one one session even even partial little classes like it rest stops when i see kids or their mom and their backs hurting i'm like well just, let's come over here and let's do some let's do some yin yoga and then they're like oh my god like i'm gonna do this every day i i've been in pain for years and like we did like 15 minutes which is of long-term you know stretching postures three to ten minutes it's unbelievable stuff all right why don't you just wrapping up here we got a few minutes left why don't you just give a a bullet point list of some of the ancient stuff that you that you have at your practice, and then a bullet point of all the cool stuff that you do, just so people can kind of get a full spectrum look at what what it's like. I, I did I did want to touch on this um, because this is something that we do in our practice. Um, so you talked about the the ability of fasting um, to change. So we take a lot of our patients. Speaking of the patient who had the the non healing wound through a fasting mimicking diet. Um, and I love a, a, like fasting. One thing people don't realize is it takes 72 hours for your body to get into the autophagy state that actually cleans up damaged cells and like clears out all these precancerous cells and all these toxic cells. You know, intermittent fasting can be a great caloric restriction, but we're not getting into that cleaning phase that that is so powerful with fasting. And you talked about stem cells. When you get into a fasting state, your body produces upwards of 300% more stem cells and maintain those for about two weeks after. Um, they do continue to kind of decrease, but you still have an upregulation of stem cells. So in our patients who are trying to heal and they've had these toxic issues and they've had these immune issues, before we even start, we're like, look, reset the system. Let's go into yeah. a five-day fast clear out the inflammation, get your body to break down some of these damaged cells and start going through an actual detox. And then the stuff that we put in will be very helpful. So in a lot of our cases, we'll have that conversation on the front end. Like, you know, let's go through a fasting mimicking. In my population, a lot of times we'll do the fasting mimicking, which is where like you are eating some stuff. A lot of it's kind of soups. It's a very low calorie thing. But what that does is that keeps muscle mass. So if I'm working with an older patient, I don't want them to lose muscle mass over like a five day fast, especially if they've already had pain and probably haven't been moving that area. So it's likely weak. Um, so I want those benefits without any of the negatives of losing the muscle mass. So um, the fasting mimicking gives us all the benefits of fasting and we, we maintain muscle mass with it. So that's one of the like older things. Look, that's been around forever. Um, the other thing that we often will have the conversation with patients is heat. You know, we do heat and cold therapy. We have a cryotherapy chamber. That's been something that has been talked about for ages. And even Hippocrates was like, give me the power to produce fever and I'll cure the world. Like yeah. heat has been a very powerful thing. So we have 
a very large percentage of our patients who have cardiovascular issues or blood flow issues that come and do sauna quite regularly. Oh, good, and good. Far infrared a, sauna. Yeah, that awesome. it, me and you've had a great conversation around that. Uh, and then, you know, we combine that with a lot of the the kind of older type of ideas in terms of eating and nutrition. And then if you look at what y'all can do every day, you're like, I, it's hard for me to overstate the power of somebody getting watch a sunrise and a sunset like the amount of changes if you do that daily to your sleep to your circadian rhythm to your hormone balance is is way more profound than it's your sounds. nervous system everything everything um so it, we we bring a lot of that into um and combine you know a lot of those things with a lot of the modern um technology that does stimulate healing you know we do peptides we do high intensity laser all of that is to act like a bridge though to get yeah. them to the stuff that we've been talking about. I, I've awesome. got to get you to where you can function and move. So yes, let's bring the big hitters out and get your tissues healthy, get inflammation under control. And then let's find that one thing you can do to create a compounding health loop in your life and just set you off. Just start doing that stuff and be consistent. And if you do that, your life will change in a very, very fast manner. If we try and do everything all at the same time and then we fall off, we don't get those changes. We don't create that loop because we stop it. This is like investing, right? We just need to do a little bit and just keep yeah. it going and let that compound and grow over time. Awesome. Well, dude, thanks so much for coming on. And I I, I just really appreciate the work you're doing. Guys, if you want to have somebody uh, like you're looking for a doctor that you can physically go see and and get some therapies and stuff, um, especially if you're in the Louisiana area, please go see Dr. Derek Hines. Uh, you can look him up at Derek hines.com that's h-i-n-e-s um d-e-r-r-i-c-k-h-i-n-e-s um.com derek hines.com it'll be in the show notes um he also has a book called cancer no that's not you what what was the name of your book it's quite funny the 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 working title of the book is uh is hero oh cool cool so the health heroes can go pick up the hero book um his uh he also has a podcast called the pain and performance podcast um, you can find that interview with with me on his show back quite a while back. I don't know if you have the episode out, but um, but anyway, like if you need a practitioner, even if you're not in Louisiana and you you resonate with him and and you have the time and the money, get in a plane and go see him. It'd be worth a trip to go get some work every once in a while. And then they, you, do you guys do any phone consultations and Zoom chats, any of that stuff? Yeah, we do. We um, especially with some of this stuff, um, we'll at least give people some guidance on where they should be looking if they've had problems with, you know, making making headway of their pain. Um, and there's a there's a link on on the website uh, that people can get in touch with us and uh, somebody from the team will will reach out and set up some um, kind of virtual com consultation. And sometimes we're guiding people on what tests to, to get done so that we have a better idea of kind of what's going right. on inside the body. That's great. All right. So as you guys can tell, there's a, there's a big change happening in the world. People are, are moving back to nature and, and we, we can still use technological advances to help us. But like he said, they're, they're a bridge to help us get back to, to the natural healing process. And, 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 and doctors like Derek are actually taking this full spectrum approach. These are the people that you need to plug into. These are the people that you need to patronize. Otherwise you're going to end up with crappy, un, you know, low quality products, low quality service. You gotta, you gotta work with people like Derek who have been all around the world, studying healers and renowned doctors all over the place, gaining these unique insights, bringing them back to his clinic. And you can go there and once one stop shop and get all these downloads and all the experience that him and his staff have. So again, thank you, Derek, for coming on. 
And I want to thank the listeners for tuning in um, and continuing to share the podcast. If you're new, go ahead, please like, share, and and do the subscribe stuff. It's it's important to get the message out. We are the ripple effect. Uh, we don't do any other marketing. Uh, it's just you guys telling other friends and family uh, about the show. And hopefully you got some benefit. And most importantly, if you learned something here today, take action. We live in a 3D physical world. And so if you want your reality to change, you actually have to take action in that physical reality. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. Until next time, change yourself, change your world. We'll be back. Thanks for listening again to The Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. (laughs) 